What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 35th draft of the Untitled Movie Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside my BFCA buddy, Eric Marchin. 35 and still alive. <sighs> we are. Hanging in there, bud. How On you doing? a hot summer afternoon. Want to wish everybody a happy Canada Day long weekend. Yeah, when you guys are and, listening uh, to it. Fourth it of July to the Americans. Yes, as out. the day this posts, it is Canada Day. We hope you are... Uh, uh, having Tim Hortons and uh, drinking your maple syrups and uh, watching hockey, even lot, though hockey's yeah. over, just reruns. Well, it's a free agent day, so if like who knows, crazy shit could have happened in the NHL right now. You have no idea because we're recording this a little bit before then. Uh, overall, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing okay. It's been uh, a busy week overall. A lot of screenings, a lot of a lot of work, and now it's uh, finally coming to a time where. You know, I can spend a couple of days to kind of decompress yeah. and enjoy uh, the weather, even though I don't go outside that much. Um, I've been, been trying hot. To, it's I've, been very, very hot. It's been a little, it's days. finally, but like, I, it's weird. Like, I, I'm starting to, I'm an indoor kid too, but like, I'm starting to appreciate uh, how short our summers are. And I, do, I don't deal with the heat very well, much like yourself. Yeah. Um, I, I get rashes all the time, like prickly heat. I don't and stuff. get that, but like, I, I've, I just, I'm trying to enjoy. Um, this summer while we can, while we have it, because I feel like our summers are so short in the last winter or the last couple winters have felt so fucking long. But do you like, really want to enjoy your midsummer? <laughs> Please go check out that review. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do though. Like I, I haven't been watching as much this year. I feel like in general, like I'm looking at my stats on Letterboxd, I'll jump in. Cause like getting back into doing this with you, which we started last August, we're almost at our one year anniversary in, uh, in about a m- month and a half or what so. What are we going to do for um, it? Yeah. We'll have to have a big birthday party. Um, maybe we'll finally start at, in year two, adding some guests, but I kind of like the vibe that we have just two buddies hanging out. Yeah. Um, we always say like, again, it's been a, a super fun year, but like I, I'm only watching a lot of stuff. Like if we have, if we're going to review it, which we have been very busy lately yeah. that you, as you alluded to, I feel like the summer movie season finally started, uh, not finally started ramping up. It's been, it feels like it starts earlier and earlier in the year, but I feel like every week we have two or three screenings almost, right? And right. Like, and also, though, um, when, when you get to the end of a month, it's it's basically meaning that, you know, the next month's crop of films that are going to be released. And we had a little bit of screening a early. rough month. There was a, a couple of weeks in there where everything In terms of felt, quality. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. 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 I mean, you can go back and listen to our reviews of Dark Phoenix, uh, Men in Black International, even yesterday and our see impressions what we're talking on Godzilla. About. Yeah. Um, there was just like a string of movies there. I feel like um, June... Was was it? I guess end of May into June. June yeah, uh, was not so great. There was some good independent stuff, but in yeah. terms of the multiplex, when you're thinking film, of big summer blockbusters, yeah. right? Like it was uh, uh, all pretty forgettable and kind of tedious to get through until you got to Toy Story Four. Yeah, and then you started to get. Um, they some, were bookshelves, so it was, yeah. it was Rocket Man and Toy Story Four that kept yeah. uh, uh, us going. Right, I a hundred percent agree with that. <laughs> That's a joke. Going back into our hereditary or no uh, midsummer review which you uh, mentioned earlier a hundred percent a hundred percent man but yeah i've been trying to enjoy the sun a little bit i went out to trinity bellwoods with uh nevis last weekend you know try to enjoy the summer sun i got a little bit of a sunburn uh on my legs and my uh my forehead uh, my big old european forehead um 
but yeah, dude, it's uh, it, again, we're, we're on a good streak again. I think people go check out our reviews for uh, Spider-Man Far From Home in Midsummer, uh, which I think starting July off very, very well. Um, starting strong so. and july's not a very like looking at the calendar in terms of the bigger releases there's not a lot coming out at least in the second half because you have both the lion king and once upon a time in hollywood so i think a lot of the other studios are kind of staying away from releasing anything that is of you know competitive quality uh until the beginning of august when you have hobbs and shaw yeah, and then after that, usually August is a little bit of a dead zone. I forget if there's anything. Well, it has your favorite trashy movie coming. Angel Has Fallen. Oh, yeah. I mean, but that doesn't count. And 47 meters down, yeah. uncaged. I mean, August is like the uh, summer January, but like, um, as Eric has to answer a text. Well, I'm just, uh, if, if you listen to our Midsummer review, I was asking my friend, oh, so Midsummer is rated 18A. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, we were having a discussion in our uh, midsummer review that uh, how it got uh, a fucking R rating in the U.S. and not an NC-17 rating. And then uh, we were wondering how it would get an 18A rating here and not an R rating here in Canada. Uh, but our friend confirmed that it will be 18A, which is surprising, man. Like, I don't know. I, I really... It's it's fucked up. Go listen to our review and go check out the movie. Um, but if you guys didn't know, this is the Untitled Movie Podcast. Each and every week, each and Eric week, we get together and talk. I'm about, here every week, so <laughs> uh, and talk about our lives, what's going on, and uh, what we've been watching, what parks we've been to, how many sunburns we've got, how many bowls of cinnamon toast crunch I've eaten, uh, which has been I bought a family size box since that's my cinnamon toast crunch next update. to a, a box um, of checks, a Honey Nut checks. Do you yeah. eat any of those? Sometimes, you know. Okay. I like. I to mean, s- the boxes are both open. I like to spice it up, you know. Um, Chex makes me feel like I'm eating something slightly healthier. But yet they're still honey-coated. Uh, they're still just covered in sugar. Uh, we also talk about trailers, what you guys should be watching at home, and, and kind of what's going on in the news. Um, if you like this, as Eric mentioned and as I mentioned, we do another podcast called The Untitled Movie Reviews, where we review uh, new release films, whether they're upcoming or in theaters or on streaming services. Uh, right now, we have tons of reviews, actually, tons of content. Um, you guys can check out our reviews for uh, Child's Play, Toy Story 4, uh, Yesterday, uh, Midsummer, and, um, and Spider-Man Far From Home, which are all fairly kind of new and all spoiler free um yes including our spider-man one which we made sure to stay away from any spoilers but we will have the spoiler cast uh about a week from now um if you want to listen to our full thoughts on the film because there is stuff that's worth diving a little deeper into yeah getting much, caught up in that web yeah much like what we did with um uh, as a uh, sirens are on Siren. our end um much like we did with Endgame, I feel like there's enough there for us to kind of dig into and, and and talk about, especially when they tell us, hey, please don't talk about anything after the first act of the movie. And you're like, okay, that makes it very difficult to talk about what we liked and didn't like. Um, but yeah, dude, um, other than that, I've just been chilling. You know, work, it was busy. I worked last weekend, like over the weekend. So um I feel like uh, I'm with you where this week has been a little bit draining. I only have right because we've done off. a lot of screenings and, and yeah, like you were working on the weekend. I mentioned that I was going on a bachelor party that was kind right. of not great. Um, so I will spare people the details, <laughs> but let's just say 
Kingston is not for me. Um, but uh, overall, it's just nice to get to the end of the week and into a long weekend and just have some time to kind of recalibrate and, you know, actually maybe relax a little bit. Do you have any plans? Um, no, like- I'm just going to sit on a couch somewhere, keep cool, maybe do some writing, um, and then uh, catch up on some stuff that I really actually just want to watch and not have to write about. Right, yeah, uh, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, but I, I might go visit my family in Oshawa. Uh, I'm contemplating it. Um, my sister, I think, is coming down on this Saturday to hang out with Nevis and go to one of those like Instagram fun houses. You know? What? Yeah, have you heard of this stuff? No. Like they're, they're like these like really colorful like um, like each room is like a different kind of thing that's very instagrammable right like you take photos at all these different activations in like different rooms of, i might like, a have house. seen somebody post something um, of this but i didn't know they've what... been popular over the last like year or two i think so i think they're gonna go check out one of those where i will just uh probably lay on my ass and i, I got super mario maker 2 uh which just came out on friday um i think it's better so. than the first very similar but uh, <laughs> uh i'm enjoying it i i love 2d side-scrolling mario so like uh super mario world and super mario 3 and uh, and uh i like all of the 2d like it's mostly nostalgia right like i like the super nintendo and the original nintendo marios more than the kind of 3d style uh the more modern versions but uh an incredibly creative game i love i i'm not the best at creating levels like my mind just like there was <laughs> This sounds so corny, but in Super Mario Maker 1, a bunch of the levels I made were lost themed. <laughs> so I was so like... So what you're actually saying um, is that you are actually a good designer because a lot of people are influenced by either something that they've grown up with oh, or yeah. were influenced by. I was just trying to get creative of like what were the themes of Lost and like how could you put that into a... Uh, Mario game. I even forget. Like, Hop oh. in the hatch. Yeah, that's kind of, I think, what I had, right? And then, uh, like, a smoke, you use some of the enemies as smoke monsters. and Polar like, bear. Some of the levels, I think, got kind of popular that I made. And, like, it's just kind of fun to um, mess around, and you can create these Mario levels, and it's, like, it, it, it's kind of fun. So maybe I'll take, like, a uh, untitled movie podcast kind of theme and, and, and make some movie-themed levels and see how those kind of take off if i have time but you should also um, mention that the rock uh noticed you yeah no i for those of you that don't know like i work in um at a marketing agency and and one of my clients i work on uh is tiktok which is a social media um it kind of like vine is like the easiest way to describe it um and uh, I, did, I just did such a dumb like it's we curate a lot of the content from the platform and put it onto other social media channels. So I made I found this video of these guys who made this silly video about The Rock. And then I said, like, oh, we smell what this talk is cooking or something. And then <laughs> CC'd The Rock and then he responded, which was kind of cool. So that was my crowning achievement. I'm going to frame it and put it on my desk. He knows um, that you exist. And I'm going to be like, Hobbs and Shaw, yes, we're so soon. We got our invite to the yep. premiere. I can't wait. We'll um, have a review up at some point. So. Yes, probably that Friday. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm assuming it's one of those fairly close to the release date screenings. But other than that, I might go visit my family in the schwa. I want to hit up Landmark Cinemas. I haven't done that uh, since the they finished those renovations. 
What uh, would you go and see? Is there anything? I don't know. Mind? There's nothing really like I, everything I wanted to see, I probably missed out on. Like there were some things that were like very mediocre that I've heard that like, I still like bright burn or something like that. Or the but dead don't die. That, yeah, that would probably be one, but I don't even, I, feel I think like it's that's gone. gone already too. Right. So I kind of missed the boat on, on some of that middle of the road kind of stuff we were talking about. So probably just wait till renting it on 4k or, or a 4k sale on iTunes or something like that. But um yeah man i'm just gonna relax it's nice to have four days off in a row we're recording this on a friday afternoon instead of the evening which is nice and then i'll hang out with nevis and uh yeah it'll be good yeah we should also mention that the show uh was uh mentioned or spotlighted on uh, et canada yes i wanted to give you a shout out man everyone should go check this out eric i want to hear a little bit about your experience before we um kind of get into the main show uh eric you appeared on et canada's the great debate which people can go check out either on facebook or youtube right now just search et canada's uh the great debate you guys discussed who is the best spider-man yes so Um, it's hosted by uh morgan hoffman i was one of the panelists along with uh, vicky sparks uh we chose a spider-man uh, to uh, defend and uh, have a moment to explain why they are the best. Morgan chose Toby Maguire. Uh, Vicky chose Tom Holland. And I went with uh, Shamik Moore. Andrew Garfield. <laughs> no, not at all. No I went one. with Shamik Moore from yeah. uh, Spider-Man Into yeah. the Spider-Verse. Nice. And uh, it was a great time. I mean, uh, Morgan is, a, is an awesome host. And like having to do both you know, reading the prompter and giving us cues and being on the computer and interacting with the, with, chat, with the chat is that's so much to do. And she does it. Yeah. She nails it. She's so good. Yeah. Um, and she also used to work at, at Rogers and, and uh, shout out to producer uh, Julia Lennox as well for uh, inviting me on the show. They both did. And uh, it was a fun time. I was kind of just amazed with how huge the studio was. And they have this swooping camera crane. And yeah, it, was, it looked very legit. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun just talking about Spider-Man and, and, and you know, hopefully not ruining uh, their show. Do, do they choose a winner or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Vicky won. Uh, she destroyed you. Yeah. Um, yeah, everyone should go check it out. Um, I, it, I posted it on uh, my socials and on the Untitled Movie Podcast retweeted it and uh, put it up on Facebook as well. So if you guys have a few moments, uh, 100% check it out. It's so, 100%? Like, oh, God, I it's like my catchphrase. I'm going to put it on a fucking T-shirt and wear it around Tiff this year. Um, I've been, yeah, I don't know why I keep saying that. I think it's something I just say a lot. You right. Know? I'm going to take it out of my vocabulary. Uh, Eric, what have you been watching otherwise? Um, you know, what? also great job. You oh, did an amazing job. Oh, well, thank you. I, uh, I was nervous, but I, I had, I had a lot of fun and, and it was just, again, great. Just talking about movies. So. It makes sense that they chose Tom Holland too. With, right. No, with, I, like, I don't, I don't, I don't blame anybody. I, I mean, as long as it wasn't Andrew Garfield, <laughs> everybody <laughs> so, wins. Yeah. Everybody's happy. Um, yeah. Uh, so I started off last week, uh, really rough. I mean, we've been talking about, you know, middle of the road movies. I, almost wish I could go back and say those films were masterworks compared to the two problematic movies I saw on Sunday night uh, as a double bill being both uh, Luke Besson's Anna and uh, the new adaptation of Shaft. Both are sexist, misogynistic, racist, and feel like they were made in the mid-90s. Uh, Shaft specifically is 
all of those things and you think like they're maybe doing like an Archie Bunker style, you know, sitcom-y kind of action adventure where the Sam Jackson character or the Sam Jackson version of Shaft is out of touch and needs to kind of be brought back down to reality and, and shown that like what has changed and you need to change with the times yeah. but you can't it's be not that at all anymore. what it is is it's saying that no he millennials are to... soft and there's like maybe a hundred millennial jokes and a hundred homophobic jokes and transphobic jokes to boot and it makes the uh the the shaft jr played by jesse t usher look like you know, somebody who is just a complete wimp and can't stick up for himself. And like, there's like the, the, the comedy in this movie is Sam Jackson drinks um, coconut water and spits it out out of disgust. Like that's the humor that's in this movie. Oh my God, that sounds awful. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then Anna is problematic in its own ways, not just because of uh, the uh, sexual assault accusations that have been, um, submitted by victims of Luc Besson, but also the film itself is trying to be kind of a Me Too era spy film, but ultimately it takes its character and turns her into a puppet between two men played by uh, Killian Murphy and Luke Evans. And it's just so cartoonish. And it's not that Besson's movies can't be cartoonish. I mean, The Fifth Element is... A live action cartoon but it's done in a kind of fun and playful way this is almost self-serious we've seen it done better in films like leon the professional and la femme nikita um and i think this is going to probably be his last movie for a while i would agree with that um i have no interest in either film uh again i don't know if i will ever watch either one of them <laughs> it's it's i applaud it's you for it. just you know having to being a masochist it. yeah <laughs> I just don't know. You texted me. You're like, I'm doing a double bill of Shaft and Anna tonight. And I'm like, why? Why? You could be doing literally anything else. Because I got to boost up those uh, letterbox. Uh, yeah. Did you go to Cineplex or did you go to Landmark? Uh, Cineplex. But the Cineplex oh. and Ajax, which actually does have proper masking. on Yeah. Some of the theaters, right? Or yeah. all of them? Well, the two theaters that I was in for them, they did. That's, I mean, that's good. Yeah. But So I got to see these <laughs> shitty movies properly presented. <laughs> Great. The two movies that probably don't even need shit like that. But... At least they're still doing it. Um, so skip those movies if they're not already out of theaters. And you did see a couple things that were a little bit better. Yes. Right? So to my surprise, Annabelle Comes Home is the second best movie <laughs> in the Conjuring universe. Not that that's a hard, high bar. Two out of five. Three, three out of five. <laughs> I, know, I, give I, know. It, I give it three. I, uh, but then making, like, I'd like Chucky more. So I probably have to now boost Chucky up to three at least. Yeah. Uh, the new Child's Play movie. But what the movie does really well and very simplistically is it makes it a movie a home alone movie basically it's it's not like booby traps and stuff like that but having a babysitter look after um a child and protecting this child against demons and ghosts and uh judy the 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 warren's daughter is played by uh, mckenna grace who's probably best known from uh, i tanya who played the younger version of tanya harding and was in uh, captain marvel yeah one of the younger versions of captain marvel um here she gives a really strong performance and it's just a solid, you know, B movie in the sense that like Halloween and the Canadian horror movie, The Gate, kind of played up on the idea of, like when the parents are gone, like it's up to the kids to defend the fort against a supernatural entity. And it still has plenty of jump scares, but at least within the the scares, there's moments for these characters to actually become endearing and likable. And it's not always aggressive and obnoxious with the 
you know, ghosts shouting and yelling at you. And there's some actually interesting designed um, specters. I mean, the the ferryman and uh, the hellhound are actually really well done. Okay, cool. And it kind of feels like a throwback film. So. Yeah, you, you're selling me a little bit on it. Like, I don't know. But again, if it's gonna... not a great movie. Like, it's still perfectly mediocre. Yeah. But, like, out of all of these films, it feels like I would say The Conjuring is, again, like, I didn't even love The Conjuring. Like, I think it's a really well made movie, but I don't think it's doing anything that I haven't already seen. Um, and this is the same thing, but it does it well enough where I don't feel like I'm wasting my time with where all the other, uh, I mean, even the last Annabelle, we were kind of both like fine with. Yeah. But I've kind of almost forgotten about that Uh, one as well. And there's some moments in that Annabelle movie that feel like, again, it's really trying to, you know, go back to the first movie or justify the first Annabelle film where this is just doing its own thing. And basically it functions as a movie to spin off all these other potential of course, that's creatures. They, and I that's mean, the thing that you can see that's kind of, you know, the studio synergy thing. But it's better hey, than Warner I thought Brothers it would be. most successful. Like, well, I mean, again, uh, you know, R.I.P. to the Dark Universe, right? Dark Universe was supposed to be universal, though, right? And yeah. Then, um, but Warner Brothers with the DC Universe and even what they've tried to do with the Harry Potter Universe. They're, but they're like, cheap and quick to make. And, like, a lot of the people that are directing and writing them are either former writers from the series or yeah. editors or cinematographers. So it's almost like the Bond franchise where it's like, or the we'll, Saw just, films. we'll just give the editor a chance to direct this one now. The Saw movies did that exact yeah. same thing, right? Because you're like, yeah, you kind of know what's happening here, right? Go for it. Yeah, so. except mostly everybody in these movies or in terms of behind the scenes are still more competent than Darren Lynn Bozeman. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'm just going to say it intentionally now. Uh, briefly, because uh, we're going to do a full review for it, but you also saw uh, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Yes. Um, which I'm excited to check out. I wasn't able to go to the screening or watch the screener in time um, for today's episode. We were going to do a review, but we'll try to have one out for next week, which is the official release in toronto yes and it's already um, playing in limited release i think it's actually going nationwide in the u.s so if you live in la new york or san francisco i think it's playing in some theaters now hopefully it will go wider through a24 level film is releasing it here in uh, canada it's supposed to start at the light box on the fifth and it will be expanding, expanding the throughout, next week uh, the summer yeah, yeah. Uh, starting the next week. Uh, initial thoughts, save most of it for the review. Yeah, but. so I will say that this is an amazing experience to watch on the big screen. It does magical realism in the best possible way. Um, it's a movie about gentrification, friendship, and the idea of family legacy all rolled into one and wanting to find a place of your own and be your own person. And it does it in this incredibly emotional and intimate way but also very artistic very um surreal at times there are some beautiful floating camera shots that are amazing it can be quirky but it's never too tweed Um, i think the performances by the two leads um jimmy fails who also um is a poet and friend of the director uh, joe talbot and uh jonathan majors are incredible there's some cameos here and there from character actors and people like danny glover that are great and it also captures of San- saw fame of saw fame yes <laughs> it's all coming full circle um that are really fantastic and it's just interesting like seeing movies like blind spotting 
and uh, Sorry to Bother You kind of also really highlighting uh, the Bay Area. But this movie feels more specific and this film feels of the moment and also does feel like a fairy tale or does feel like a fantasy, but not in a way that takes you out of the emotion or the drama that it's portraying. And the soundtrack is always domineering and aggressive, but in a perfect way. And it feels not only like you're watching a great movie, but a piece of art from a filmmaker that has only, that's going to be exciting to watch and has only just begun. And I'm really excited to see what this Joe Talbot is going to do in the future. Great to hear, man. Can't wait to see yeah. it. And uh, we'll talk more uh, probably next week when we do a review. So I'm 100%. Ex- yeah. 100%. <laughs> oh, Are you no, doing it intentionally now? No. <laughs> no, we got to put it on a t-shirt. 100%. The 100% fresh. The, or the Untitled movie, movie podcast. podcast. Um, I didn't watch much other than the things that we kind of have reviewed or needed to review. Um I watched uh, a couple short films on streaming services, and then, oh my god, I watched Murder Mystery. Uh, (laughs) uh, I'll start with the short films I watched. So I watched Guava Island, which is uh, the Donald Glover, Rihanna, not visual album, but short film with musical elements from... uh, uh, Childish Gambino's latest album, uh, I think, uh, directed by, um, uh, yeah, I'm Hiro Mirai. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Who, Who's uh, done episodes of Atlantic and, and Barry, I Barry, think. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, written by uh, Atlanta. Pardon me, not Atlantic. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, written by Donald Glover and his brother, right? Uh, yeah. And then, um, yeah, it's it was. It was decent. Like, um, I, I, it shot in four by three, uh, on 16 millimeter film. It looked like, um, uh, so I love the style of it. It has some animation elements. Isn't Letitia um, Wright in it as well? Yeah, she is very briefly. Um, uh, Shuri for those of you that, um, from Black Panther, from Black Panther. Um, I enjoyed it. I just, I don't, I wasn't blown away. I thought th- it's best when there were musical performances and the actual, story and through line was just kind of like i was waiting for the next and rihanna kinda... never sings right like no that's the yeah weird. which is weird right so it basically sounds like, like it's an extended music video in a beautiful location yes and like it it's i like the style i like the vibe of it but like what it's trying to say and how it's saying it is it, i feel like isn't anything special it was like I really love the first moment when he breaks out into this is America and like I was like oh fuck this is really cool because we've seen the this is America video but how he integrates that into the narrative of this story I thought was really cool but then I feel like at, it's 55 minutes long and there's only three or four songs in it um and and then there's a a kind of plot line of him trying to escape this kind of uh almost like king or or like gang leader that runs this guava island and and he's the one who's trying to put on this performance and and the the guy who runs this island goes well if you put on this performance uh the workers aren't going to work on a sunday and i needed them to work on a sunday kind of thing so it's like this i don't know like it was okay um i i yeah and like it's i get what he was like trying to say with the like um 
capitalism and like an overworking and like and and people not enjoying themselves is just what I took from it and things like that of like or you're always working for the man and the, even if they need you to work crazy hours and on weekends and never stopping and and there's this whole thing about like they all want to leave Guava Island and go to America and that's how the this is America song breaks out and he's just like everywhere is America is like you're always working just for someone else who's you're working for the man yeah he's like you're working to make money to make someone else even more money so it's just all it's like so that's kind of the through line of the whole thing and like when he does like when it becomes like a musical and he busts into this is America I'm like oh this is really fucking cool but then like as that ended and goes into some of the other uh, performances and, and like I said, Rihanna feels like a weird casting choice if you're not going to utilize her like in, in, in that way. Like why wouldn't you have a performance with you and Rihanna? Like it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so I ended up, I, I thought it was decent. Like I gave it like a three out of five. Like I, I, I mostly enjoyed watching it. I just um, like, I, I just didn't, care all that much afterwards like, and this is on amazon uh, prime, amazon prime yeah and then another um musical short film i watched i watched uh, anima uh which is the tom york and uh paul thomas anderson short film that's available on netflix right now uh didn't care at all <laughs> just like i don't care about radio it's not long and, right like, it's, it's 15 minutes 15 but it minutes? felt like an hour um it's beautifully shot. Um, he they showcased it in IMAX on Wednesday night. Um, I don't know if he shot it on IMAX. He it, it was shot on film. You can tell, but like I don't know if it was shot on IMAX film or maybe uh, seventy millimeter or something like that. Um, uh, so it's beautiful. I just don't care about Radiohead. I don't care. I'm not a music guy really like, you know, like I mostly movie scores and how music is utilized in film is how I kind of connect with music. And, right. um, I just found myself kind of bored. Like I, I, I checked that how much was left at like the seven minute mark. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm only halfway through this thing. So I went and brushed my teeth and I'm like, <laughs> was watching it as I was brushing my teeth. And I'm so like, so this is just PTA kind of flexing his it's muscle. A music, it's a, a music bit. video. Yeah. It's just a, it's a 15 minute long music video. And, um, it's creative and it's it's beautifully shot. It's just I didn't care about it at all. So I don't know. Interesting. Um, I'll I'll try to catch up with it. I'm 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 so curious. Like, put about it on. It. Like I like I like Radiohead, but I don't love all of their stuff. Like I know that there there are people out there that will like you know go to the the mattresses for them in the way that people love the Beatles and stuff like that. And you know albums like OK Computer and the Benz are great, but I I, I haven't followed them more recently and I haven't followed any of Tom York's solo stuff. I mean, I remember thinking it was very strange when he was lending uh, his vocals or his uh, writing for the Twilight soundtrack at one point. I mean, (laughs) everybody's got to make some money and I know Radiohead itself and him probably his personal interests don't always do that. But um, yeah, I'm kind of in between on them. I always find that when it's used in movies, it can be a little pretentious. Mm-hmm. I mean, the music itself can be also well, just imagine just 15 minutes. Of yeah. That. That's like, I mean, that. I, I, I get bothered by it when Denny Villeneuve uses Radiohead in, in his movies. I mean, he's kind of stopped more recently with, I don't think that, yeah, no, there's no songs of, there's no Radiohead in, in Blade Runner 2049, but like with Incendies and uh, Prisoners, like there, there are direct music cues for their songs. And just like, it almost makes me cringe a little and it's bit. Suspiria, I mean, different. Yeah, yeah. Bit. But even hearing Tom York's like 
moaning for the Suspiria soundtrack. It's just like, oh, God, God, this is too much. Right. And there's like no, I don't think there's any lyrics in the music that's in this. It's just, a, like you said, some moaning and some like, I don't know. I, I can't, the thing is like I watched it and I can't even really remember just because I was so disinterested as I was watching it that I was just like literally did not care. Uh, and then I watched Murder Mystery with Nevis. Uh, uh, again, weirdly fine. Like it's just, it's not as I think as egregious as as some other of the Adam Sandler stuff lately. Like it just feels lazy and and which most of his stuff from the writer of uh, Zodiac, uh, which is crazy. Um, but I did like the. It is a funny idea in the sense of like let's play this very straight. Like it is an Agatha Christie murder mystery kind of thing with all the kind of archetypes and cliched kind of people. And then you have like these two suburban like American tourists just dropped in. So like imagine a very classic murder mystery novel, but then you have like Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston as these kind of. So they literally just go with it. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yes, they do. (laughs) And um, I like the, there's like a nugget of an idea there. And I just feel like if people were, if they were like actually cared, they might've been able to kind of like make this um, funny. And we're also getting um, a couple more of these this year with ready or not opening in August and uh, knives out in terms of, you know, Agatha Christie inspired stories. I mean, even, you know, stuff like the hateful eight, you know, was very much inspired by that. Yeah. I I, I would say that maybe knives out is the closest to the whodunit kind of thing. Right. Like ready or not seems more of like a, right. But the idea of like a chamber piece and a group of people being picked off one by one and like, and everyone's playing up a different kind of, like I said, caricature. Yeah. 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 So, um, almost like clue. Like, I guess maybe that'd be almost like clue a little bit. Yeah, it is. It's very much like that. And this movie is that, and it's played way straighter than I thought it was going to. Like, it's not one of those kind of, ridiculous Adam Sandler comedies. None of his like friends are in it. Like not a single one except for Jennifer Aniston. Right. Um, and his mustache. Yeah. And, uh, and he's just like the worst husband in this movie. You're just like, he's not redeemable at all. And you're just like, why would you be with this guy? And, right. Like, so this is just um, him on vacation again, but actually doing something that maybe is a l- slightly above average for, for him. Yeah. But still not, very good just waiting for uncut gems right i love i was talking about this with people being like i love adam sandler when he gives a shit or yeah. at least when he and feels we saw like that recently it. with uh, noah bombax yeah. the Merowitz story he's excellent in that he's yeah. so good so and it pisses um, me off even more because it's like he's wasting that yep he just like he's a paid vacation um he gets millions of dollars to travel the world and put very minimal effort into performing in a movie right and then uh uh, like Luke Evans is kind of generic and 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 whatever and and the whole mer- the mystery of it all it's predictable and and kind of like it's just whatever man it's that's exactly what a lot of that stuff it's is it's no happy gilmore i love happy gilmore we talked about it last week go listen to that episode if you haven't um all right moving on to staying at home eric you don't have a specific movie you want to call out that's being released this week but you do want to call out a certain sale yes so um if you don't have the criterion uh service or, or or channel um or if you do and you still or if you're still a collector or if you're still a collector like i am uh Each and every year, the Criterion uh, Collection has an annual summer sale, which begins at uh, the starting of July and ends at the the end of the month. 
And so it's begun at Barnes & Noble uh, right now, 50% off. Um, even though that's not a lot for where we are because, you know, obviously you're going to eat it with uh, shipping rates, and handling, yeah. right? Um, but if I think if you buy um, a certain quantity of them, maybe it helps out a little bit. It's not bit. too bad if you split shipping with someone, but then your best bet is like if you live near a border is to drive over. Yeah, or if you to, know somebody in the U.S. Yeah. that's willing to buy it and know. ship it to you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's always worth it in the sense that if you want to catch up with some stuff that's been released this year or that you haven't yet, uh, for example, David Lynch's, uh, Blue Velvet, um, there is the six and a half hour War and Peace, uh, adaptation of, uh, uh, Tolstoy's novel that just recently came out. Um, we were talking about uh, the Beatles on the yesterday uh, review. review, and so A Hard Day's Night is on the Criterion uh, channel and collection, so you can pick that up. Funny games, there's a lot of stuff, and even stuff that isn't out yet, but is op- that is going to get a release in July. So you have movies like 1984, that is one of the first films that uh, Roger Deakins was the cinematographer on, the 30th anniversary uh, edition on Criterion of Do the Right Thing. So there's a lot of really good stuff coming, include with um, Jane Fonda and Donald Sutherland. So um, whether or not you are looking to go for some back catalog stuff or some more recent or upcoming releases, um, now would be the time to pick it up, especially for anybody living in the U.S. specifically. Um, sometimes Amazon does have sales, but Barnes & Noble and uh, Criterion, when they do have this sale, it's always worth at least seeing what's available. And see if it's worth shipping it down. Yeah. Or, or get together with your friends and just order a whole Yeah, bunch. and that's probably the best way to go. Um, for me on digital, uh, also a little bit of a slow week. Um, a lot of the stuff was still a carryover from last week's sales. So I checked it out and, um, Blackhawk down in 4k for $10, not too bad. Dolby vision and Dolby Atmos. And then two movies not available in 4k, at least on iTunes, but still very much worth the price. Hot rod is $5. <laughs> and then, um, what, what, whiskey, um, and then Moonlight is $7, uh, which is available on 4K uh, physical, right? Right. And then, but on digital. Um, and apparently least... soon to be on an A24 streaming service. Uh, really? Well, did you see that on A24 posted that they're starting a, a streaming service? No. Why? But they partnered with Apple. Why wouldn't? Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'm going to look this up now. So... I mean, we're basically almost into the news. So save it for the news. We'll okay. look it up. Still going to look um, it up, though. Anyways, not much on sale this week. Uh, a little bit of a slower week. This is going to probably be a little bit of a quicker episode as uh, Eric and I have some time constraints as well. So we're going to keep it rolling. Eric, you ready to... Get into talking trailers. Sure am. Uh, that subway trailer. Oh my god, we uh, we should. So, Eric's mentioning. I sent him a link to a tweet. I retweeted it. So go to my Twitter at Matt Rohrbeck on Twitter. Um, I retweeted something saying that it had one of the craziest twist endings I've ever seen in anything. There's a commercial I posted, and it's one of those like um, artsy two and a half minute long. Um, commercials that's supposed to be very impactful because it shows life's moments and things like that. Um, but you will never guess what brand um, 
it's attached to. And it, it, it literally shocked me to my core. <laughs> Uh, like um i i was just like there's no i'm like okay what is this and i watched it and it looks like something that was directed by richard linklater or terrence malick uh comparing it to boyhood or tree of life or something like that um and uh, i kept laughing and i'm like oh my god who is this for and then when the brand pops up at the end or the last scene i'm like it's literally one of the most shocking things i've ever seen in my entire life um, yeah, I didn't know what I was watching, and then at the end, like, I was thinking, like, oh, is this going to be, like, a reveal to some, like, movie that we didn't know that was coming, or something really shocking and disturbing, and then you see the subway... Oh, you spoiled it! Well, I, I said the subway oh, thing I didn't to begin see, oh, with. okay. Um, Spoiler alert. I mean, it's, like... It's better if you would uh, if you didn't know what it was. Right, but I did say um, before we... Oh, I didn't... I thought you just said that commercial. No, I said um, the subway thing. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Now Eric ruined it. So well, I ruined you, it. You don't need to watch it. Uh, but anymore. it is truly bizarre. It and is very it's weird. just like and I was like, there's no way this is real. And I kept looking at it going, this has to be something someone just made like to make fun of these style of ads. Yeah. Um, but then the guy I don't know if it's like an elaborate Car commercials kinda, do them though all the time. Um, They're just yeah. shorter and you see them a hundred times before a movie. Yeah. So I hope that subway one pops up <laughs> in theaters. Uh, so there's that. Uh, but moving on to the actual trailers that were released uh, this week, we had a couple of them. Uh, first off, we got our first trailer for Charlie's Angels, directed by Elizabeth Banks, um, starring uh, Kristen Stewart, Naomi Scott, and what's the third I am girl's name? I'm going to look this up now. Apologize and... to the third angel. Yes. Um, also starring Elizabeth Banks, who is playing Bosley, and we have Patrick. And she directed it as well. Yeah, and Patrick Stewart is in there as well. And Jamon Honsu. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to get the name of that third angel. Uh, angel has fallen, but will rise in a second. Anyways, I, th- I actually kind of had fun with this trailer. Um, do I think it's going to be a good movie? I uh, Probably not. But uh, Ella... Ella um, Ballis, Balinska? Okay. Balinska? Do we know her from anything? Or is I'm going to look this up now because um, I have not seen her before, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, but yeah, man, I, I don't know. I, I like – I want to give a shout-out to both Kristen Stewart and um, Robert Pattinson for actually – I mean, this is more in that kind of – blockbustery kind of territory that much like what twilight right but now it's almost weird seeing her in a blockbuster again but that's what i mean i can almost like appreciate that she's like you know what fuck it i'm gonna go do charlie's angels right but it almost seems like it's it's it is also having fun with it in the way that maybe although it doesn't come out in the trailer as much but um almost like 21 jump street where there's three bosleys and like they're playing up the idea of like you know, uh, a world filled with male agent spies and what that means now to uh, this group and is sort of, you know, female empowerment. And it's going to be exciting to see if, um, you know, Banks can really put together a great action set piece because even though she directed the second Pitch Perfect, um, she hasn't been in the action arena as of yet. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very curious to see what she can bring to the table. Yeah, I liked what I saw. Like, I, I it's think... Not a, it's not... It, it, the, what we saw in the trailer isn't bad. I just think that the trailer itself is Structured just kind of generically assembled. Don't get me wrong. Yes. <laughs> but I think I was surprised at how much I was like, oh, you know what? This seems like it might be a... 
moderately fun two hours and like nothing more nothing less like yeah. i mean it already um, looks better than the the two early or mid 2000 mcg adaptations which were kind of horrible um and uh i mean this one doesn't have a song from destiny's child but it does have a song from ariana grande miley cyrus and lana del rey no idea how those three come together for a song but i will listen to it and it's called angels i think so you always have to have a powerful trio do a charlie's angels uh uh tie-in song so yeah i don't know i don't i mean again yeah it does look sort of generic but um i i think i like the the three leads like at least from what i saw from the the trailer i think they like i like naomi scott a lot i like Kristen stewart a lot i don't know this uh this other woman but like i don't either i was looking at uh um, her resume it's a lot of british television and smaller roles so this I don't is know. probably looks- her her first big Break. It looks stylish. I like Elizabeth Banks um, taking uh, uh, the role of Bosley and then also being the director. That kind of makes sense right. to me. And um, yeah, I, I mean, again, it, it could be perfectly mediocre, which is could be a good or bad thing. It right. does feel like it should be a summer release, weirdly, though. Just like watching that trailer, it's like, maybe this should come out in this. Like, it's probably still is it november November. yeah Yeah. but it looks and feels like a summer movie and also because the other charlie's angels films were early summer movies but But do you think it'll do better because we might be wanting something like that yeah it might be good counter programming when we get all the award stuff and if you're just looking for something that's fun and enjoyable and and kind of again action-packed that might be the great alternative to some of the more uh dramatic and heavier movies and I mean, I don't know if it'll do the same kind of business that, like, say, Aquaman did because it won't, there's, no. yeah, there's a Star Wars movie opening in December this year where Aquaman was really weirdly only fending off against Bumblebee and uh, Mary Poppins and was the winner in that group. But I feel like Star Wars will be the dominant in blockbuster in the fall. Match. I, I agree. I mean, it might be early enough that, like you said, it, it might be. But what is going to be successful for this? Like, it, I don't know if it does forty million opening weekend. I think that'll be successful for something like this, right? Um, yeah, we'll see. I, I, I actually thought the trailer was kind of fun, and um, I, I'm curious to see more. Um, but speaking of stuff that's a little heavier, also coming out in November, uh, I believe uh, we got the trailer for uh, Queen and Slim. Yes, correct. Yeah. Um, uh, written by Lena Waithe, which you guys would, who you would know from uh, Master of None, right? Yeah. Yes. And uh, is that probably Ready Player thing? One? Ready Player One. Um, more recently, she also yeah. is the creator of the uh, Chicago series. Uh, is it the Chai? I don't C-H-I? know. I yeah, maybe. I've because it's, it's Chicago. Yeah. That's what it, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And it's on Showtime. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I haven't seen any of that, so I haven't either. I um, just know a little bit about it through um, last year and and this year with uh, Jason Mitchell being fired from it. Okay. Um, not to bring it on a on a downer note because of what he did. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, I think that this is is kind of an exciting Bonnie and Clyde natural born killers like story that also. 
is obviously a social commentary on what's going on now in the U.S. with police brutality and harassment and racism. And it's almost like, you know, well, if these characters are going to be betrayed in that light, they're going to embrace it and become them. And, you know, society is forcing them to do this. Yeah, I thought the trailer was awesome. And it's directed by uh, Melina Matsukis, and it's uh, starring Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Jody Turner-Smith, Bokeem Woodbine, and Chloe Sevigny. And... Um, uh, yeah, dude, I thought I agree with everything you were just saying. Like it has a, a, a really cool, I mean, cool. It, I like the raw um, grainy look of yes. it as well. And, um, and a twist on that social commentary we've been seeing in a, in a lot of movies recently, but a very stylish twist on it. And I have no idea what to expect. And I feel like it'll, uh, push some buttons and, 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 go beyond some boundaries that it might cross some boundaries that'll be i think kind of interesting and um doesn't show you much in the trailer but shows me enough that i'm like ooh, this seems like something i really 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 want to see yeah it gives you tone and it gives you an idea that this is going to be a film centered on these two leads and it's going to be their story uh, driving across america and becoming sort of almost like folk heroes in a, in a way yeah, I'm excited, man. So November, um, excited to see more. Probably could possibly play the festival circuit. It seems like a movie that could show up at um, TIFF and some other places. So I hope it does. Yeah, well, that Kahlua is so hot right now. God, he's the, he's awesome, man. Yeah. Go watch Widows. Not enough people watched Widows. He is excellent. He is like a great, great fucking villain in that yeah, movie. Yeah, he's menacing. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on uh, to the news. Uh, you oh, just... you didn't mention. I I, I don't Sorry. think you saw the trailer for it, but uh, I uh, the trailer for Bill Condon's uh, The Good Liar is out with uh, Serene McKellen and Helen Mirren. I didn't and watch it. No. It's about uh, a con artist who signs up online for dating services and robs wealthy widows. Uh, and what happens or the scenario that it's setting up is that he. Um, is trying to woo Helen Mirren's recent widow who is worth about $3 million and is trying to con her out of that. And the people around her, like her son, are kind of getting suspicious. And it looks like a really solid, almost, it, it looks like a play. Yeah. But it has kind of some interesting thriller elements. And I've heard that it's really quite twisty. And that's another movie I could also see playing at TIFF and is um, probably going to be performance driven. Okay. So the trailer's out for that now. Cool. I'll check that out after we're done recording. I mean, jumping off your point leading into, uh, I guess we can use this as our first news story. Uh, there was an article that came out on Deadline um, about um, some films that will possibly play the fall festival circuit, uh, kicking off with the Venice Film Festival. Did you check out this article? Yes, I um, saw that specifically uh, Todd Phillips' Joker. Joker could be a festival favorite. Yeah, it's it's looking more and more likely. Like, um, so the rumor is that Joker. Um, I mean, there's rumors about Joker, The Irishman, Ad Astra, uh, Jojo Rabbit. Um, kind of the usual, yeah. kind of like fall festival. Uh, you know, movies looking to be placed in awards contention or that are just opening um this time of year i mean i mean we didn't even talk about the trailer for midway i mean that's a movie i could see playing at tiff as a gala uh the roland emmerich film yeah i saw that trailer. i mean i didn't watch the trailer i just like i had no interest (laughs) so i just left it off but i could see that because they had anonymous right yeah like things like that and stonewall too i guess the biggest surprise to hear um i mean a lot of the stuff that we saw we kind of expect to show up 
at a lot of these kind of festivals. But anything out of there that I guess Joker is the Joker's probably the most intriguing. But I mean, it's been kind of since the trailer premiered it has piqued a lot of people's interest including ours with the idea that this could be more of an art house pleaser than expected and not just simply a comic book film and that it could be driven as a character study so if it does go the festival route which it could maybe that's going to bring some legitimacy in terms of uh, awards consideration and so all eyes will be on joaquin phoenix's performance yeah, I, I I hope it does go the festival route. That would be an interesting yeah <laughs> kind of a thing. And I because I mean, the only superhero movies I can think of that do that are like the like Super or Defendor, right? Like I mean, you grounded... get like I mean, Logan played Berlin, right? right. Um, you get like uh, I mean, X Men: The Last Stand played, played at Cannes, Can, but out and, of competition, sh- of course. Could you imagine the Palme d'Or um, winner? I think you see it a lot when a, a movie is when a festival lands. And a, a superhero movie is just about to come out. You know? Right, because like, it opens in October. Like, Logan, I think, was only a few weeks before it opened, right? Last Stand was probably coming out a week later. Yeah, it's still uh, accessible recently. enough to a broader audience that, like, people that maybe wouldn't go to the festival would think... Like, if it does play at TIFF, for example, which is open to the public, um, would be like, oh, I hear this joker movies playing at the festival maybe we should go see that i think that's a high profile enough thing that any of these festivals i don't think any of them are too like like we can't play a superhero movie right like i think it could be a perfect fit for a midnight madness much like we were talking we were having a conversation on twitter um with some friends of ours about um what what is going to be that high profile midnight madness movie this year right right like well the one thing that you mentioned to me that i didn't that i even forgot about is that um the lodge is playing uh fantastic fest fantasia fantasia why did i say fantastic fest which is after After. fantasia Fantasia. and that movie just got announced uh it's uh through neon played at sundance um it's getting a november release so that probably means it won't be playing tiff yeah i mean i i can't remember the last time if something played Fantasia that it would also play Tiff. Right. I haven't seen that in cuz like that doesn't usually make a ton of sense cuz it would just be a local premiere, right? Like it wouldn't even be a Canadian premiere or wouldn't I mean, it would be like a provincial premiere, right? Yeah. Um so I highly doubt that something like The Lodge will actually play now because it is playing Fantasia Fest, which is a good scoop for them. Um, Fantasia, I mean, it's another one of our news stories, but we can kind of talk about that now. They also, we talked about Ready or Not a little bit earlier on the show. Yeah, they have um, Swallow that's yeah. executive produced by uh, Joe Wright. And then uh, uh, that film that played at Cannes with uh, Jesse Eisenberg and uh, Imogene Poots, Vivarium. Okay. Yeah, which is like almost like a Twilight Zone-esque story about a couple that move into uh, kind of a nice gated community and are said are told that they can only leave when they raise this baby. Oh, interesting. That sounds yeah. cool. Um, good reviews or? Yeah, it seemed to get uh, like what you would expect, like interesting concepts. Yeah. Not a great movie, but really worth watching. That's in- interesting. Cool. Yeah, uh, we were talking about it. Like Fantasia has some interesting stuff this year. I'm going to try to maybe make it out there for a weekend. I would like to kind of, I I saw a film there a couple years ago. God, what was it called? Like it was that an, something Island Alone, not Lonely Island. Oh, Beautiful Island. Beautiful Island. Which is now on Shudder. Uh, did you watch it yet? I 
have not, but I have it on I, uh, my queue too. I would like to get to it this weekend. I'd like to hear your thoughts because, like, I, I was I, I was pleasantly surprised because we just randomly like we're like, okay, what's playing tonight? Let's go see something. Yeah, you and said like, that it made would make a weirdly interesting double bill with Denny Villeneuve's Enemy. Agreed. Yeah, and you'll see what I'm talking about yeah. when you watch it. Um, getting back to the Joker thing, yeah, I could see it. It depends. Like, if it plays Venice, it might do that thing where it only has a high-profile premiere at one festival. And that's the other um, thing I think that's worth talking about. I mean, like, if The Irishman is ready in time, I mean, Erwin uh, Winkler, the producer, said that it looks like it's going to be, or they're targeting um, a thanks American Thanksgiving uh, weekend release or around that time. So if it is done, but Martin Scorsese is continually said that he's waiting for the de-aging effects to be just right by ILM uh, yeah, yeah waiting for ILM to to be finished with those so it'll probably be last minute but if it were to play at any festival it probably would be New York so it's it's interesting to see the films that only play at one or two festivals you know what what does Toronto get versus uh you know Venice or Telluride, Telluride yeah or, or New York, York or vice versa because they're all within that same month almost yeah. right yeah. and sometimes New York gets a few things that we don't and the same thing with Telluride and, and Venice like Venice last year was the only place that got the uh Jennifer Kent movie The Nightingale and then it wasn't until Sundance where it played uh in in the US yeah, it's going to be a fascinating summer, right? Because I think this is our favorite time of the year to see what's... I mean, we love TIFF so much. We went on to that thing at the end of the last episode. But, like, we're getting to that point now where we're like, ooh. ooh we're, what, we're, mid-July? Is the, July first is the first announcement, right? So we're going to start hearing... Um, what's going to each one of these things. And this is a great deadline article kind of like listing out the potential landing spots for some of these. I mean, you do get a lot of cross pollination and I mean, and obviously it's stuff that played at Sundance and can that doesn't have a summer release. It's usually a shoe in. Yeah. yeah. Usually a shoe in, um, if it had a good reaction and, um, yeah, the Joker thing will be really interesting because like we were talking going back to the midnight madness conversation i brought up dr sleep some other people brought up uh what's another high profile uh, uh, rambo, rambo which would make sense because it's coming out the week of the festival much like predator did last year yeah maybe the um, blumhouse movie the hunt which we don't know too much about but it's supposed to come out in october might be uh, a contender for uh, midnight madness Joker would probably actually it could be a Midnight Madness. I could see Joker push, though being a special presentation yes, of gala. Yeah, uh, but depending if they go hard with that R rating or not, too, right? Right. Because um, it just feels like that would be better, almost weirdly better suited for like Vanguard if it was still around. Yeah, because uh, it doesn't feel like it's going to nat- nat- naturally be, you know, your quote unquote genre experience. Yeah, it'll be um, it'll be cool to see where it shows up and if it shows up anywhere. Um, our second story, you just sent me an article. We'll quickly do this, the A24 thing. So did they, they haven't specifically said it's a streaming service. They no, just they've been very, soon. yeah, that and they then, have like access. Yeah. Uh, an access public streaming access service or something. Yeah. Or something. But could you, do you think that might just be what the A24 section of the Apple TV streaming service is called? Like, It'd make the most sense, especially just in terms of, you know, I just don't think they have A24? enough to do. Yeah, and they're already working with Apple, and they just Apple just announced their streaming service, and Apple does need content for that. Yeah. So, um, so this is what happens when you're vague. Too much speculation. You need to be more specific. I could see an announcement very soon being like, much like Disney has on Disney+, Plus, like the different sections for Star Wars, Marvel, National Geographic, Disney things. Right. Like I could see A24 being... 
a well, big part of the Apple one. Yeah, and they're supposed to be distributing that new Sofia Coppola movie or working with Apple on uh, on the rocks with Bill Murray and Rashida uh, Jones. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, A24 is great. We um, we were talking about after Midsummer, before Midsummer, that like, I mean, they have a great track record when it comes to um, uh, like... Yeah, mostly, thoughts. unless like, it's a movie that gets... I mean, look at Under the Silver Lake. We've been talking about that a couple times recently where that was a movie that probably deserved a little bit better than what happened to it. Which is interesting because like A24 usually takes risks on this stuff and usually doesn't just bury something yeah like, like that, what makes it you know under the silver lake any more or less than midsummer yeah like risky right yeah. like it's weird but um i think like eight out of ten of their movies i like really enjoy and then there's the two kind of random ones where i just don't care about so uh love a24 um if they go onto the apple service and they start pumping out more stuff for it that might be an intriguing thing but right well they'll they'll also be able to compete a little bit more with Amazon and mm-hmm. Netflix when it comes to uh, picking up titles at festivals. They'll have a little bit more money probably to work with. Right. Uh, next news story that broke right as we were recording some of our reviews earlier. Um, it looks like Melissa McCarthy is in talks to play Ursula in the live action Little Mermaid. This is an exclusive from uh, Justin Kroll over at Variety. Um, so yeah, it's... a. Uh, it uh, seems like she's in uh, early talks uh, to play the villain in, in The Little Mermaid, and Disney's prepping the live-action version. The question you had was, is this Disney Plus or is it Disney proper, as I called it? <laughs> um, so it, uh, Rob Marshall's directing. I don't Great. know if, if you knew that or not. No, yeah, I remember um, that being, being announced. And it seems like the Mary Poppins team. Yeah, because isn't uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda doing yeah, the soundtrack music the with Alan Menken? Yeah. Um, so it looks like the Mary Poppins, uh, returns team is, is attached to this. And then she, they don't think they have anyone for Ariel. Yeah. Was this the one that, um, Chloe Grace Moretz was attached to, or she was attached to the non Disney one. Yeah. And I think Um, it was, was it Sophia Coppola that was attached to the, to this one before Rob Marshall came in? No, to the other one. Cause there was a universal one. I think that was the one that Coppola, but I think Coppola wanted, um, uh, Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke's daughter for the role of Ariel. Right. So either way, um, you were mentioning, you think McCarthy's probably a pretty good choice for Ursula. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, it seems more fitting than <laughs> Lady Gaga. Remember that rumor? No. You don't? No. Yeah, that was a rumor that she was being offered the role back in, I think, when Rob Marshall was first announced. Okay. Yeah. I. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been something. Um, yeah. I think I, she couldn't pull it off, but it would be just... A different kind of movie, I guess. Maybe distracting, too. Yeah. I don't know. Um, don't know. I, Little Mermaid's not my favorite Disney animated movie. Um, I rewatched it when it came out on that 4K disc. Um, it's fine. Yeah. I just I don't need a live action remake. But it was the but. beginning of a new era for Disney. I mean, after you know Little Mermaid with Aladdin and The Lion King, it brought them back into the big picture again because they had been suffering for a while. I mean, some people will argue, I mean, I love The Great Mouse Detective, but it didn't hit the same way that those films did. Mm-hmm. Um, Sony skipping Comic-Con this year, which is interesting. Um, looks like everyone's skipping Comic-Con this year, much like... How but Marvel's going to be there, weirdly uh, enough, right? No. Just I thought the, they were. I thought Kevin Feige said that like they were going to 
announce some stuff around there. Really? Yeah. I, I, I saw the Russo brothers are having a panel, but I didn't think well, that's it was... for their MGM stuff, yeah. right? Um, I don't know. Like the Hall H stuff hasn't been completely announced yet, but it's Sony... going to be a dead zone for Sony skipped E3 this year. They're skipping Comic-Con. Warner Brothers is skipping other than their Scare Diego stuff. And like <laughs> so dumb. Um, a lot of studios are skipping. So it's just interesting with all of these conventions, like how it's changing. And, and we've talked about this at, at, at nauseum uh, on the show. So we don't need to go crazy into it. I just wanted to bring it up, but um, yeah, not showing up at Comic-Con at all, which is interesting. Odd. Just odd. Uh, next. Salma Hayek is in talks to join Angelina Jolie in Marvel's The Eternals. Uh, so we haven't heard much about The Eternals other than some casting news. Um, well, Feige has said that they will probably be making some major announcements a couple weeks after uh, far from home has been in theaters right mm-hmm. like that's the plan mm-hmm. and then probably we'll get even more with d23 right 100 percent, eric uh chloe zhao is directing uh angelina jolie remains in talks she hasn't signed on yet which right people are like it's pro- you yeah. know why it's probably because it's going to be a, a you know a, a multiple movie arc or yeah, deal right so it's like do i want to do i really want to spend the next maybe 10 years popping up in not only these movies, but other Marvel uh, IPs and, and, and what have you. So that's why, you know, probably like a bigger star like her is still circling it and making that decision. Yeah. So uh, they haven't said who Selma Hayek might be playing. Have they said that um, who anybody is? Playing? No, people keep attaching people to different things that they think. That yeah. Because you have also Kumail Nanjiani, um, right? And yeah. Ma- Richard Madden. Richard Madden and Ma Dong Siok. Um, probably butchered that. Um, remember that episode I read all the can directors? Oh, names? yeah. That was rough. Uh, yeah. Don't. I don't know what to think about the Eternals, but. Um, uh, I can't wait to see what the hell it will be because I have no fucking idea what the Eternals are or how that movie will play out. No, I mean, um, they're basically, I mean, I think we have talked about this as well. Like, they're godlike characters within the Marvel yeah. Universe, and we've seen a little bit of that Kurt with Russell. Kurt Russell's ego, right? Yeah, he is a Eternal, I believe. Uh, Paul Rudd joins uh, Jason Reitman's Ghostbusters 2020, which is the title or the working title i hope it's not the final title but right it was also the um, uh title not ghostbusters but total recall 2020 the series oh really yeah i had no idea but i mean um, some people would probably argue blade runner 2049 is a dumb title too so I, yeah fair uh paul rudd posted a video from the ghostbusters uh goose bsg's uh, social accounts uh, confirming that he will be in the film. So he is joining Carrie Coon and Finn Wolfhard, as well as uh, the original Ghostbusters cast, including uh, Sigourney Weaver, um, well, the surviving ghost mem- uh, Ghostbusters cast. and Ghost members. Ghost, <laughs> the ghost members. Uh, Sigourney Weaver and... Um, Bill Murray, Ernie Hudson... Uh, Dan Aykroyd may, God, I really hope I, I'm fingers crossed for Rick Moranis. Yeah. He's the only one that they haven't. Cause, uh, I'm forgetting her name, but who played this? Annie Potts. Annie Potts. Uh, uh, Bo Peep. Bo Peep. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, also confirmed to return. So Rick Moranis is the only one I God, I hope they get him 
Do you think they will? I don't know. I mean, he's he he is genuinely retired and a family man now, and he pops up here and there because he does uh, country albums or something. Oh, like really? That. Yeah, but he he's kind of turned his back on Hollywood. Not that he's like bitter about it. Just uh, yeah, he's, he he's just done to move with on, it, right? Yeah. But Joe Pesci coming out of retirement, right? Anything can happen, baby. Yeah, and also with him appearing on the SCTV special uh, special on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Rudd in Ghostbusters. He looks like he's playing a teacher. I'm sure he'll be involved with these Carrie Coon family and Finn Wolfhard. Right. Uh, I mean, I think he'll I be love fun. Paul Rudd. He'll be yeah. fun. I mean, I, I'm I'm curious to see who's going to play like the Walter Peck type role, um, like you know that kind of scumbag bureaucrat type. Who kind of screws things up, right? Um, but yeah, I feel almost again like this is just giving into that fanboy wish list kind of thing. Not nothing against Paul Rudd, but just like, oh, well, finally we're getting some male Ghostbusters, and like, <laughs> yeah, I don't have too much more to say other than like how horrible all that was with the right. New, it's just the, unfortunate the that this is coming after that and how that all played out. It almost seems like. Like you said, they're giving into yeah. This uh, is a do-over, but it's being dictated by the by the male fans, by the hate and vitriol that was spewed at like when that movie came out. So yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. Like this, if this was just what came next, and that other movie didn't exist, or we had some distance, maybe but yeah. Like, but I mean, it kind of makes sense as well, just for Jason Reitman because that guy needs a hit right now. So why not take over your dad's <laughs> series? No comment. Uh, I'm going to skip a couple of these and we'll get to the final couple here. Um, let's just go to the final one and then we'll wrap things up. So, uh, looks like Taika Waititi is set to crack an animated Flash Gordon movie at Disney slash Fox. So he did recently sign on to do the Akira movie over at Warner Brothers. Um, but now it looks like he is also attached now that he has that Bubbles the, the Monkey movie off of his play which was also supposed to be an animated film over at netflix yes correct? but this was supposed to that was supposed to be um stop motion animation and it was right. the same company that did anomalisa oh okay that was uh doing all the uh animatronics and puppetry work for for that film. yeah but then after finding neverland was released on hbo leaving neverland. or leaving sorry finding neverland, neverland has the other problematic yeah. <laughs> actor named johnny depp in it god um, after that came out, uh, all Michael Jackson kind of, uh, related stuff got scrapped right. for the most part. So he's moved on to other projects. Um, so yeah, what do you think? Like, I mean, Flash Gordon, um, I mean, after doing Thor Ragnarok seems like it's, uh, yeah. Cause I mean, that was basically Flash Gordon. <laughs> right. And, and again, maybe it's going to be a situation where we get a John Carter from Mars or, I mean, if it was live action, especially, um, or Valerian where like those the source material for those things inspired everything that came down the line from Star Wars and Star Trek and everything else and when you get the 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 original one being adapted again it kind of feels like well what's the point because we've now seen the versions that you've inspired that are now what is a part of pop culture but i think going the animated route might be an interesting uh, idea and which animation studio do you think tackles it? I don't know. I don't know if he if he would go the way of maybe like Spider Verse and try to do something kind of totally unique and try. But do to... you think it's Disney? Do you think it's Blue Sky? Do you think it's, oh for um, for well wh- where's the property at now? It's Disney Fox. Disney so, Fox. Yeah. 
Probably Fox. You think so? Probably Blue Sky then, because that's their animation yeah, studio, Yeah, unless right? they want to bring somebody else in. I mean, maybe he wants to work with that. I can't remember what the name of that uh, stop motion animation studio is, but maybe he wants to work with them and do something. Stop motion. But yeah. that's going to take a long time. Cause... And I just can't see if they scrapped Mouse Guard that, like, they would, like, I guess Flash Gordon in sci-fi is a little bit more like uh, i guess an easier seller you can make it more mainstream I and guess. they probably have a better relationship with taika waititi than west ball yeah um and also maybe with what is coming with jojo rabbit maybe they're thinking like we well, gotta keep this guy in our in in house because he's well you, be you thought he would come back and do another thor movie but maybe another thor movie isn't in the plans right, right? well like, maybe that's also because of the guardians film right yeah. maybe the guardians movie is the thing that's kind of the third Guardians movie is potentially keeping Thor around for them and doing a fourth movie in that franchise might not be suitable yet or, or ready to go. So mm-hmm. in yeah. the timeline, I mean, I have no affinity to flash Gordon all that much. And I remember um, watching the original movie as a kid. I remember Max von Sydow was in it, but I, it's been a long time. Like I'm more familiar with like He-Man and stuff like that than I am uh, Flash or Gordon. Or the jokes and, in Ted was that yeah, Flash Gordon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also the Queen song. So yeah, because they did the theme, right? Yeah, yeah. So I love that in Highlander. I love Taika Waititi, um, Akira, and this both. Um, properties that i was I, I was surprised that he i mean akira's the one where i'm like i is are either of these movies going to be made but it looks like akira's ramping up for production so um i mean they haven't done any casting yet but yeah when casting starts for any production that means that they are about to closer, or closer. To, to to going mm-hmm. so we'll see all right, guys. Um, there's a little bit of a shorter episode today. Yeah. A little breezy listen. But uh, we have some longer reviews. We do. Uh, so, uh, as Eric mentioned, we we do have another show called The Untitled Movie Reviews that you guys can go check out. We have great reviews right now of Spider-Man Far From Home, Midsommar, uh, Yesterday, Toy Story 4, and Child's Play. So, tons of content over on that other channel. And uh, over here, uh, we really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, like we said, a little bit of a shorter episode this week, but we have a little bit of a time constraint. So, uh, we... no, also, it's it's time for us to have a vacation. Yeah, you know what? You guys enjoy your time off too. Happy Canada Day. Go enjoy some Timbits. Uh, watch a great Canadian film, one of the four of them that exist. <laughs> and uh, Shots fired. We did want to do our best. We keep saying this. We want to do our best of the first half of 2019, and we will get around to we that. We should do it for our next um, episode because it will technically be the end of, of June and will be in July officially. So we can look back at the next six months. Or look back at the six months right. pre- previous. I would love to, yeah. I would love to look at what we loved in the first half of the year, top ten, how we compare it to that most anticipated films of the year, that, a list that we made at the yeah. beginning of the year. Uh, which one of those we saw? How did how did they actually end up? And then what we're excited for for the second half of the year. So I think that will be the theme of the next episode. But uh, again, thank you all for listening. Uh, we appreciate all of you. And as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the interwebs at uh, untitledmoviepodcast.com and more. And you can follow me on all of the social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. Uh, you can find more of my work at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at em6211. And I'm just looking up this now. Apparently, Jeremy Renner released a single called Heaven Don't Have a Name. Like, recently? Just now, yeah. Oh, my good lord. <laughs>
<laughs> I know Hawkeyes what we're, become a country singer. I know apparently. what we're about to listen to. Until next time, this is going to be Hawkward.